Hey everybody, what's going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski. Thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Charm City Paintball. If you guys haven't heard of him uh, and you listen to the podcast, that's pretty crazy because he <laughs> sponsors the podcast. But uh, Mike over at Charm City has been making high-quality headbands and headgear for... Man, a, f- a few years now that I have known him, but I'm sure he's been making them before then. But, I mean, he is putting out some high-quality stuff, guys. If you head over to his Instagram or his Facebook, he posts everything that he makes. Uh, it's it's amazing. He has some things up there right now that are these Gucci with stripes and the, the colorways and just the way he lays them out and the, and the quality. It's amazing. Uh, I, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, every time I wear any of his headgear or headbands or anything, I kind of feel a little bit bad because they get dirty and it, it, they're like works of art, man. It's, it really is. And, uh, I, I really wish you guys would, uh, go over there and check it out and support him, give him some love, but, uh, yeah, check him out. Charm city paintball on Instagram and a fresh book. So yeah, uh, also Philly's going on right now actually going on I'm, I'm doing this this morning and uh and philly is happening as we speak as you listen you probably won't listen to this until later on i'm assuming but um and the weather didn't look too great it's been raining here in the uh in the midwest for god feels like a, two weeks now and uh it's just been crazy but hopefully the weather breaks for them and uh good luck to everybody out there competing and yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be, I think, I predict anyway, that there's probably going to be at least one really nice day, and then all the other days are going to rain. <laughs> it's kind of just uh, how it happens, but it's one of those things where, I mean, it is what it is kind of a thing. So, uh, Also, I'm going to be... Uh, having a clinic September 21st and 22nd. Um, oh man, I can't think of the field name because it's been switched around a few different times. Just trying to make schedules up, but uh, I'm going to be over uh, over on the East Coast doing a uh, doing a clinic along with doing a a big game over there. I'm sure I'll have another podcast before it comes out. I'll be able to let you guys know exactly which one, but. Um, yeah, so I, I I really want to keep continuing, you know, being involved in paintball in some way. I mean, whether it be the NPL or whether it be you know you know these podcasts and just having to. I mean, I played the ICPL the a uh, couple weeks ago, and it was it was great, man. It was great seeing everybody and just the atmosphere. The games were a little boring but I'm not used to really playing in the woods so um, the pace was a little not my uh, you know way of going but it is what it is it was fun nonetheless I, th- I thank you will and the guys from ground zero for letting me jump on I appreciate it I uh, had a great time and yeah I think I I think I hopefully plan on going to the uh, the Iron City Classic and seeing everybody there so it should be interesting. Should be interesting. 
This episode is with Matt Wakaitis. He is the brains behind the uh, the NPL, the Stream PB, and uh, we've been kind of. I'm I'm a co-founder of the NPL and everything, and we've been kind of getting some backlash on it. But the thing is, is we we have been trying to get this thing off the ground, and it's just been man one struggle after another of of just getting people convincing them to uh, to play in the league and to kind of find and figure out this way that we think paintball is is best played and it's really hard to kind of break the mold and um yeah we kind of talk about the struggles and everything inside of here and we we talk about matt's background and kind of where we are with the npl and everything else so uh if you guys were curious about that we, we we dig pretty deep into it so uh so yeah here we go this uh this one's with matt wakaitis and i hope you guys enjoy So, okay, so I guess it's a good mix of both. Like, so the good crazy is having a four-month-old and a three-year-old and <laughs> just utter chaos. But then I also have my, I don't know, see, I wouldn't call it bad crazy. It's just, like, internal just fight of, like, everything of trying to make it on time to places while trying to make sure that everything is good at home, also trying to keep track of what's going on at work. But then also, like, did I shower in the past like three days? And you know, it's 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 fun having children. It's a it's yeah, great. Yeah, sure. It sounds like hard hard pass. Mm. <laughs> See, it's weird though. So, because I always think about it, I'm like, all right. So, like, what happens when I'm you know late sixties, early seventies, and I don't have any kids? Like, what happens then? Like, am I just, do I, like, what is, is that experienced loneliness? Like, do I have a girlfriend at the time or a wife or, you know, these are things I thought of and I was like, man, I don't know what I kind of want. I, I kind of rather have someone there having it, whether my kin or a wife or something like that. And it just, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Cause I know there's a lot of people in your situation who are just like, no, no, fuck having kids. Um, I'll find a girlfriend or, or a wife or whatever, or whenever, and um, kind of uh, what's that saying? Seize the day yeah. uh, as it comes. So it's like, yeah. So I mean, what do you, what what are your reasons why you're kind of doing what you're doing while you're doing? I just, it? Well, a, uh, I've yet to master the long term relationship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> B, I just never had the dad gene. You know, yeah. like my my brother and his wife definitely do, and like just holding an infant is terrifying to me. Yeah. Like, it's, it's still terrifying to me I'll, too. Don't I'll get me wrong. I'll admire it from afar. But yeah. Like, don't ask me to hold it. Don't like. I. It's just I never had that drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll change my mind at some point in time, but yeah. Right now, like. Yeah, I think, I don't know, because when I was younger too, I was like not not having, not getting married. And then younger, I'm saying like 18, 19 years old. I'm like, I'm not having kids. I don't, I don't want kids. I don't want a wife. I don't want anything like that. I just want to be free spirit forever. And um, I think it just slowly, gradually changed. I definitely want, you know, I definitely want to get married at some point in time. 
Mm. Uh, it's just, you know, I haven't mastered that long-term relationship thing. Not for lack of trying. Right. Um, Does it involve work at all, heart. too? Like, I mean, is it, is, are you, because I know you were working at your home, at home for a long time, right? Yeah, it's really, really hard to meet people when you don't leave the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> What did, what so, is exactly that you uh, that you do or that you did or still do? Still do. So um, I do a lot of uh, I basically call myself a startup and technical consultant because mm-hmm. um, that helps pay the bills. So what I do is I get brought on to generally early stage startups um, as kind of an engineer and also a general like these are the business practices that you guys should be following like this is how we can use the web to leverage your audience and how we can drive more conversions to your product whatever um so you freelance or you like contracted out from somewhere uh i i don't use or i don't use an agency right so i guess uh i freelance um i don't know i I generally work for a handful of small clients, uh, like Halo Sport. That's mm-hmm. um, I'm consulting for them. Um, I'm not on the cap table there uh, yet. Let's yeah. see. But um, yeah, I mean, I basically like manage their entire web presence. Um, and then at Charlotte's Book, I'm a chief technology officer there, which is a fancy way of saying like I manage a website and I do all the technical stuff. Right. Uh, but I mean, has that always kind know, of been your forte? Uh, like engineering, tech engineering, uh, no. mobile consulting. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I actually went to I went to college for film. Um, I bachelor of science in uh, cinema, 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 and photography with a concentration in cinema production. Um. <laughs> Which is to say, I spent a lot of money to learn how to make movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I went to school. I went to school, and uh, at the time, I wanted to be a director. Mm. Uh, and then the brilliant part about the school I went to, Ithaca College, they let you make movies your first semester. So if I went to NYU, you learn theory for two years, and then you start making films in your third year. I realized almost immediately that I can't direct my way of a paper bag. And that was the end of being a director. Yeah. Um, Cause working with actors, I can't, I can't do it. I just can't get the performances needed. I don't know how to speak the language. So I started like bouncing around in uh, the film program and, you know, I, I fell in love with working behind the camera mm-hmm. um, as a cinematographer and I was really good at it. And I probably could have made a career out of it if I wanted to. Um, right. But working on set is really, really hard. Um, it sucks. You need to be kind of crazy to do it. Um, you know, it's just like 10, minimum 10 to 12 hour days of everyone being angry at each other. Because um, <laughs> just hurry up and wait. So right. Everyone is, everyone's pissed over something. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, it's, it's really stressful. It's really hard. And, um, I wound up doing some assistant directing work, which is not at all related to directing. Um, 
basically you just you're a stage manager essentially right. you try you keep the entire production on schedule um which means everyone yells at you but when you open your mouth every the entire set shuts the hell up um because you're the person that's kind of running the show right um i only did it because i was good at it and um i could get departments to talk to each other and i could make sure things were flowing appropriately and mm. i ne- didn't really enjoy it um but I kind of like fell in love with the business end of film and um, actually distributing things that were made. That's kind of where I found. Um, that's kind of what I. Yeah. 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 I don't um, think a so lot of people, or the, or they might like. At least I kind of took for granted how much actually goes into making a movie or a TV series yeah. or. Just just that half hour or 45 minutes or hour and a half or whatever it is of, of, of content that you're watching in a high production like that is yeah. insane. I, I, I just can't imagine actually being involved with it and, and having to not necessarily not act in it, but be the one who actually has to make the product, edit it at the end of the day or cut it or, or you know or cut it together or produce it or whatever and actually make a final product that people enjoy and continue to watch you know for for reasons yeah i mean it's 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 crazy um you know the first time i was on the one thing about my school is they taught you how to make a movie basically with like five to ten of your friends Mm -hmm. um which is not how hollywood productions work (laughs) the first time i was on an actual set um a single camera one camera had more people working on it than most student films on their entire crew. Because on a single camera, you have uh, the cinematographer, director of photography, who's around. Um, you have your first assistant, um, first assistant camera, second assistant camera, uh, digital imaging technician, uh, who's basically handling all the data wrangling. Right. Um, and there's a handful of other people around the camera. Um, you know, there's like three people on one camera to make it work, <laughs> not including the operator. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's crazy. There's so many people involved. Um, and like the game of Thrones, uh, behind the scenes stuff, they did mm-hmm. a really good job at kind of showing how many people are actually on a set at a time. Yeah. Um, like I had a call sheet from uh, battle of Los Angeles. It was a s- terrible movie, but I knew it somebody sounds familiar. There. Yeah. It was, um, aliens attack and like they come out of the water and <laughs> they lose los angeles it's don't don't watch it it's not worth watching oh i heard it was a true but, story um, <laughs> i got a call sheet and there were like 200 extras just for one film yeah. that's not even including crew that's not including principal talent that's not including anyone else that was there um that's just extras hmm. for one day um and then like especially all these films nowadays, there's so many people on the post side, you know, there's hundreds, if not thousands of people that actually like work on little bits and pieces of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and that's not, and then that's just to make the movie. Right. That's not including all the people who work, who work in marketing and advertising and at the distributors and at the, on the studio side. Um, Cause I, over the course of my career, I kind of got a taste of, everything from independent film to working at Warner brothers and seeing how like I was their first intern in that department. 
Um, so they had no idea what to do with me, uh, which meant I got to learn a lot and talk to a lot of people. Right. Um, but there are so many people involved on this, just on the studio side. Um, like one, one movie that Warner brothers puts out is probably touched by thousands of people, um, at different stages in the process. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. That's so insane. Well, I mean, you look at the credits at the end of the movie and how many people are, are just involved is insane. So, I mean, is, is, so what kind of made you go this, this technical route of, of kind of what you do now? Was it, was it strictly the environment and the set of not just wanting to be involved in the chaos and kind of go in that direction or? So, uh, after I graduated, um, me and uh, a co-founder of mine at the time, we launched a film, distrib- uh, film distribution company um, in like 2010 yeah. or so. Um, and what we wanted to do was streaming uh, independent film over the internet, mm-hmm. which was still a new kind of concept. You know, Hulu had just come onto the scene. Uh, Netflix Instant wasn't even called Netflix Instant, but they just started doing streaming. Um, and we wanted to have an ultra curated um, distribution platform for, you know, the independent titles that go to film festivals but don't get the big acquisition offer, which is a lot. You right. know, um, you have, I can't remember our numbers anymore, but um, basically, you know, there's a couple thousand films that are produced in the U.S. Uh, every year. Uh, couple hundred get submitted to let's let's say Tribeca uh, Film Festival which is I, I've been there as a distributor mm-hmm. um, you know so I've been on the uh, sales side with like William Morris Endeavor uh, CAA like all the major talent companies um, and you know there's I would say out of the thousands of films that are made a couple hundred go to uh, get submitted to film festivals and they can only program like 70 films and out of those 70 maybe five get a distribution offer Hmm. the rest of them just kind of filter out and keep going to different independent film festivals and the the industry now is a little bit better because they're you know we're kind of in the middle of a content war Um, right content war has been going on for a long time there's a lot of different avenues for a film um but you know we launched this company um and obviously we were very tech heavy because we were doing streaming, which is really hard at the time. And uh, we made a couple bad hires on the technical side because I could not speak that language. Mm-hmm. And um, we got lied to, and I believed it. Um, so, you know, I always kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit, I guess. And I knew I wanted to do it again. Um, you know, we were having problems getting the content we needed because at that point in time, um, you know, this is only a couple of years after the big Sundance acquisitions at a couple of million dollars. And I'm like, we can't afford that. Um, we can afford a couple 10,000 maybe. Right. Um, we just couldn't acquire the titles we needed. And the ones that we did acquire, um, we needed to stream on our site. And like I said, we made bad technical hires and uh, we ran out of money. Um, and, you know, I kind of had a, I realized if, if I was ever going to do this again, I needed to learn how to code. Um, 
I needed to at least speak the language so I knew if I was getting hustled or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think I could do it. I took a, uh, I took an HTML class in college and I dropped out of it. Um, just, I, cause it didn't click. And I right. was like, I'm, I'm wasting my time. Um, so I dropped it and I started learning with a buddy of mine. Um, and then I ended up going to a, one of those coding boot camps uh, in Toronto. Uh, so I did that for six months. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of, uh, <laughs> of working in tech. Mm-hmm. Um, then I moved to New York City, uh, worked for, um, got a job I probably was not qualified to get, but I did get it anyway. Um, and I was an engineer at Media Redefined for about a year. Um, very small startup, but it was grueling, yeah. uh, grueling. Um, and then I kind of went off on my own and um, tried some other products and uh, started consulting. Wound up at Charles Book as a chief technology officer, um, and that I've been doing it ever since. Now that's a makeup thing, isn't it? Yeah, Sounds it's like... in the health and health, beauty, wellness space. Um, we're we're going through a uh, as they say, a pivot. Um, mm-hmm. but basically, you know, we started off trying to do, um, basically an Angie's list for, uh, cosmetic professionals in New York, Los Angeles. Um, but we just can't, we can't win in that category. Um, because there's like new beauty, which is a massive company. They have literally 60 engineers. I have no idea what they do, but they have, they have a huge staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, Allergan, who makes Botox, uh, decided they were going to have a listing as well, and that's a publicly traded company. We right. can't compete. Uh, so, you know, we're basically we're trying to go hard on the content space. Um, you know, helping. Um, in particular, uh, I'm the, I'm the only male on on a team. Mm. So, you know, we're basically help, trying to help uh, women navigate all the bullshit that's on the internet. Um, by bringing in actual experts to talk about, you know, what works, what doesn't, um, we're going into the community space as well. Um, basically a safe environment for professional women to talk to each other. Um, so that, that product should be coming out shortly. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've been, I've been at that for, we've been at that. It's myself and my co-founder Robin, and we have a couple other people, um, who work for us and, you know, we've been working on that for four years. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been hard. Um, but we're making, we're making progress every month. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that. What, of what like Angie's list and Charlotte's book and, and, you know, in my, in my industry and what I do with, with pump repair and HVAC, like on the commercial side, there's not mm-hmm. really anything like that of, of information besides normal email and the regular old salesman stopping in saying, hi, this and that there's not really, cause it, I, I feel like it's just like how anybody else tries to get information, right? You, you look up yeah. and you try and find who repairs pumps, you know, where they are, what's the closest uh, person, you know, who's the rep for this pump or whatever. And I feel like a lot of people, at least our company, I feel like gets looked over because we don't have that, that presence yet. 
and I and a lot of people don't know even that we exist because even if you even if you Google I don't know how the algorithm is but even if you Google it uh, there's these other companies that that come up first that don't even do pump repair or anything like that and we're like fifth or sixth down on the list and I'm like and that's exactly what we do but so I don't know if we're missing keywords on our website or, or, or what it is but I mean I was thinking about having or semi somewhat creating something like that where uh, vendors or where customers can go and see exactly who's a specialist in what and be able to go okay well I want pump repair or I want this or I want that and be able to have you know I've never been on Angie list but I've just I've heard of how it is and how it works so I was like that might not be a bad idea on the commercial side it's a very difficult solve Mm -hmm. um because you know you need to get in order for people to pay for listings you need to have the traffic which means you need like at Charles book it's all publishing um we publish content we have treatment pages and um pages for different concerns you have um now these all submitted by third-party people they're not submitted within right they're no no we seeded it um we see the platform mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the publishing that we do, we do it internally. And okay. we also, um, we also have some like guest pieces that come in from experts. Um, but you know, in order for us to sell listings, we need to have traffic right. in order for us to, uh, so like what Allergan did, um, with, uh, oh God, what the hell? They had like this massive launch on, uh, on a New York stock exchange and, and, uh, times square. And I can't for the life of me remember the name of the product, which doesn't say much for <laughs> the product launch, but, um, big, uh, Allergan spotlight, I think is what it's called. Uh, so Allergan launched, um, basically a competitor to Charlotte's book and they had a ton of listings. They got that by seeding the platform with, the doctors that use Botox. Mm. Um, so they already had that information. They see it on the platform and all of a sudden, poof, you have a couple thousand listings. Right. Um, but they're not paid. They're just there because they're trying to generate traffic. So then they can sell it to the provider. Um, but it, you know, it's a traffic problem. You need to right. get, you need to get the traffic up. And then the Google algorithms with the search engine rankings, I don't even understand it. Mm. You know, um, we're hiring a we're hiring an expert now at Charlotte's Book because Google tweaked their algorithm uh, recently, and then our our traffic just started disappearing, um, which isn't good because we like most of our traffic comes from Google. Mm-hmm. So if they change, Google has the power to essentially kill. That's scary. A, a website. Yeah. You know, it's terrifying. Um, and it's a real problem. Uh, I mean, news organizations are having the same conflict with uh, Google and the app pages and accelerated mobile something. Hmm. Um, you know, New York Times, all of those big publishers, they get into fights all the time with Google and Facebook and all the big publishers um, because they start spending a ton of money, uh, especially with like Facebook. A lot of companies started spending a ton of money on video content because they changed the way that uh, they would handle the timeline 
so it was very it became video centric so like places like buzzfeed or vice would end up spending millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to place content in the timeline and then one day facebook is just like we're not going to do video anymore or we are going to do video but we're not going to place it where you want it to be placed and all of a sudden all these companies have to fire a bunch of people because the strategy changed mm-hmm. um <laughs> you know it's uh content content is a very very hard game um i hate it and i keep coming back to it and i don't know just but, don't do content but i feel like that's a good that's a good segue into what we have been trying to do as far as the mpl goes and as far as stream PEB goes is is bring the content of paintball now paintball past and bring it to the consumer yeah. at least with you know stream pb uh npl is kind of a different story that we can get on but with, with stream pb i mean that's exactly what we're trying to do is just is bring that content from what we grew up on as far as playing wise and and, and all the videos and then we also want to bring people out who are making videos now, which is a tough go because, I mean, you think about it, it's like who, I mean, besides the companies themselves, like let's say HK, Planet, mm-hmm. uh, GI Sports-ish, uh, you know, who out there is a filmmaker that's making these films? Uh You know, Yosh Designs, I think, has tried his hand at... Um some documentary style work. Um, I want to say soulless photography. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody did, I can't remember who it was, but somebody did a little documentary on, um, uh, fear, fear, the fear, the crow or something. Um, Oh God. If I mean, I know HK, there's a few little, I know there's but a yeah, few little divisional couple. teams. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's kind of, there's kind of a vacuum right now. Um, and, you know, I, I think when it comes to paintball in particular and when we're talking about um, when we're talking about digital content, you know, I've been fighting a losing battle for the past year, um, even longer than that, because even before the NPL was even a thought, um, you know, I was trying to figure out the webcast. I was f- trying to figure out how to play the content game the way everyone else is playing it mm-hmm. and adapt it for paint. Um, but you know, you have a lot of people, uh, a lot of people who either don't want to provide the historical record and are okay sitting on hard drives. And again, this is a problem that I've had for years, not just in paintball in, uh, with our first film distribution company, people were content to leave things on hard drives until they got whatever number that they were looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, but the question is like, does a film exist if no one sees it? I mean, yes, it does, but I would say that that film is not a film because no one is watching it. It doesn't live Um, on. Exactly. It lives on in memory rather than actuality. So what's happening in paintball is, you know, you have the people who are decision makers. um, And I'm not going to throw people under the bus, um, but I've been pretty vocal about my displeasure about this. Um, You know, people are saying, well, it's on YouTube. It's categorized. It's tagged. Sure, it's on YouTube. If you know how to look up like random fucking dude two nine one on YouTube to find what you're looking right. for, or it's that on PB count. Nation, or it's on PB Nation. If 
you know, John wants to put it up there. Oh, yeah. Which is um, like, I feel like like PB Nation is uh, Paintball's Google. And if he doesn't right. like it or doesn't want to do anything with it, then you're not going to, you're not going to give views. So, or... so basically what's happening is, you know, we have uh, years of uh, years of PSP that's stuck on hard drives um, that I've tried that deal. You're talking about PBA uh, prior to PBA, all of PBA's um, all of PBA's catalog was acquired by Ghost Sports. Um, and <sighs> I got to <laughs> think of what I want to say here. Mm. Um, you know, fuck it. I don't care. We tried to acquire the PBA catalog because it doesn't exist right now. It's not available. You can't watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ghost Sports was not interested in that deal. So it's not on, uh, they it's not to... on YouTube? Uh, no. I mean, they say they say it is because there are a handful of matches on YouTube, but the entirety of the catalog um, is, and actually, this is this is this is something that really really upsets me about, um, in in particular, Maddie Marshall, because um, this is a guy that like you know talks about story story story. I want to tell the historical story, blah blah blah. And there's there was a Instagram post where he was like, here's the, here's the paintball history and just showed all of these hard drives at Ghost Sports. Great. Awesome. They're on hard drives. Hopefully one day those drives will boot again. You know, hard drives only are in a bootable state for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, that needs to be backed up. That needs to be put on like, um, AWS that needs to be put somewhere. You can't just keep it on drives. Um, and it's like, why talk about the history if it's not available? You know, like you have these, you have these matches from the past that like literally don't exist. Um, and maybe you could find it on YouTube in a super low resolution, but it's like paintball doesn't have a centralized location for all the sports content. It's an outlier. Even, even cornhole has uh, a dedicated OTT platform right. and an OTT is basically over the top. So that is uh uh, Bon Appetit, for instance, Condé Nast company, they hired somebody in their video department who's killing, who's killing it. Um, so like the, uh, the, oh God, what's her name? There's videos of like a gourmet chef makes like Twix or mm-hmm. something. Um, I watch the Brad so Leone stuff. Where yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know, yeah. the, you know, the vertical. Mm-hmm. So they like started populating content on YouTube. Um, and then they came out with an OTT solution just recently. So they have a Amazon Fire, um, I think probably Apple TV, uh, Roku, you know, they've put all their content into a silo. Right. And then they make that silo available. You know, um, that's what an OTT play is. Uh, Cornhole has one with all the historical Cornhole stuff. Um, Cornhole, again, on ESPN. Right. Um, throwing bean bags into, into <laughs> holes. <laughs> Exactly. So, I mean, the the thing is, you know, I've gotten into arguments with people before Mm. um, and I'm losing my patience. I've lost my patience. Right. Because we've tried to acquire everything from uh, Smart Parts World Championship to old NPPL stuff to old PSP stuff. Some of that's available on YouTube if you know where to look for it. Most of it's not. Um, And it's just like, let's make that available so people can be introduced 
to what the sport is. And if they if they are interested, they can do a deep dive and right. watch as much content as possible. Uh, Dirt, 720, uh, matches, uh, divisional matches even. You know, this isn't, this isn't a new idea. This is how content works. Um, right. But in the paintball world, it's, it, business doesn't work the same way in this little niche market that right. it does elsewhere. Um, so what do you say to the people that are accusing you of just wanting to make money off of other people's work of like saying like like saying that uh, all we want to do we're gonna we want to make money off of something that somebody already put together saying like the the old PBA stuff or or this or or, or that um, when they can just put it on YouTube or they can just do this or they can just do that I mean it, it's it's not well I'll, I'll let you answer it well I mean that's what distribution is mm-hmm. you know somebody somebody makes work it is then acquired. And then it is monetized. Right. Um, and basically what we were doing at Stream PB um, was we built out a revenue sharing model, uh, which is kind of like the way Spotify works. Um, but actually, uh, Spotify is probably not the best example, although it's a very similar model. Mm-hmm. Um, if you watch something on, let's say, Amazon, Amazon Video, um, and there, there are a couple different uh, content models at play there. So if you watch something from uh, like old HBO content, because there is a lot of HBO content on Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime Video, Mm -hmm. that catalog was purchased. Uh, Flat out, it was purchased um, for God knows, millions of dollars. That's used to seed the Amazon catalog. Um, So that probably doesn't kick back royalties on the back end. Now, you can make a movie um, about whatever you want. You can upload it to Amazon's platform um, because that's why there are so many independent titles on Amazon because people uploaded it on their own and it was approved by Amazon and then it it falls into a revenue agreement. So basically you get paid out every, I think there, I think it's down to four cents per hour watched. So if you watch an hour of a film, four cents gets kicked back to the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it adds up. Right. Um, Cause like with Spotify, you're talking about a fraction of a penny per, per view or per listen. And that's been a problem in the industry for a long time. Um, so, I mean, like, are we trying to make money off of old content? Sure. But at the same time, like the Durger catalog that we made available for, for free, um, 720 catalog is on is on the back back burner free because we want to have a comprehensive library that people can just watch old content um and get sucked in you know that's the whole point right um and like for the for the producers that just don't want to deal with me or us um i've told them like if you're not going to sell to me please for the love of god do the sport a solid and upload your stuff to youtube just do it. You know, you're sitting on this stuff for sometimes a decade and change. Mm-hmm. Make it available. Like, what are you waiting for? Um, and if you don't like me, which is, I can be abrasive. I'm not going to lie, especially when I get upset. Um, so, like, if you don't want to deal with me, fine. 
upload it, please. Right. <laughs> like, and I don't, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to condone uh, piracy, but like some of this stuff, the only way you can do it, the only way you can watch it is by stealing it. You know, uh, I'm not going to be the one to do it, right? but you know, I think, I think in paintball, we're just, we're not doing content, right? You know, everyone else has figured it out from surfing to cornhole to, uh, drone racing to extreme tag. They've all done it. They've all followed the same exact protocol. Uh, they've followed the same best practices. They've done the same exact stuff in their own vertical. Um, and paintball just doesn't want to play the game. Um, that's really what it comes down to. They just mm-hmm. don't want to play it. They want to do their own thing. Um, they want to do it on their own. And if it's not theirs, they don't want to be a part of it. Um, you know, and I, kind of on, on kind of related, but we were talking about Cornhole on ESPN. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the lies that the industry has told. Uh, that it was on TV once and it didn't work. It did work. Um, the problem is, like, it was bad decisions that were made within the industry um, that, you know, caused those shows to go away. Um, yeah. I think the best example of that is the NPPL show that was on ESPN. That was doing well. Um, then Smart Parts decided that they wanted they wanted their format x-ball to be on espn so they bought the airtime um and when you buy airtime all of a sudden the game changes because espn is not going to give you the airtime for free anymore they're going to charge you for it so by virtue of simply existing that ensured that the mvpl show is gone and when season two comes along for the smart burst world championship the money's not there right so that's gone too so we've killed (laughs) <laughs> two shows um on tv you know and we it's just it's just a constant fight it's a constant battle um business fundamentals don't really matter is something that i've learned so where do you see uh, i mean where is the direction um you know because a lot of people i hear and you know it's what people have been saying well we want paintball to be uh we want people to be like to know that paintball uh, shouldn't be on TV or, or it, it, it won't work on TV or this or that. Like, do you think the direction is more of the streaming side on, on social media and on, uh, on that platform rather than television? I mean, with, with television, the thing is it doesn't really matter as much anymore. Um, especially because we're in avenues. Yeah. And we're in the middle of, uh, the content wars and the content wars have changed, over the years um, from independent films to series to now, now they're going after sports rights mm-hmm. because um, whether it's uh, DAZN, whatever that streaming platform is um, ESPN plus um, you have flow sports, which is essentially what go sports wants to be at some point in time. They just completed a massive round of financing. I think a forty-something million dollar Series D round, mm-hmm. um, and they what they do was just buy up rights to all of these random sports and build up an entire vertical. So Flow Sports has um, 
like flow grapple, I think, which you watch. They have swimming, they have track, they have, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other sports that they put under under different verticals and they sell those. Right. Um, you know, a lot of big players are starting to get involved. Um, World Surfing League uh, is on Facebook. And I've been told, well, they stream on Facebook because no one's going to pay for it. Well, <laughs> they're on Facebook because Facebook paid uh, WSL something like, what, $20, 30000000 million? I think it was like $32 million for the rights to <laughs> stream surfing on Facebook exclusively. They just backed out of their exclusive agreement. So now they're doing their own OTT solution. They're still streaming to Facebook. I think they stream to maybe Twitter. Um, Twitter is even getting in the streaming game. Mm-hmm. Everyone is getting into the streaming game. Uh, so you don't need to be on TV. Uh, you need to have a show that people can understand. And that's what we don't have right now. Right. Do you think the platform is like what Go Sports is doing? Um, I mean, maybe, right? Like, Go Sports is essentially paintball plus uh, that MMA event that they do. Um, right. And you know, their entire business strategy is not just to be paintball centric. It was never. It was never only about paintball. Um, I mean, maybe that's how it started, but you know. I think what they want to do is build out a platform that will be on the level of, let's say, flow sports, um, where you cover multiple verticals. And in theory, you have people cross cross pollinate between MMA and paintball and what have you. Um, So, you know, they're an extreme sports streamer that happens to have the rights to the NXL in the U.S., which seems, I mean, I don't know. It seems kind of crazy to me that there's only one, there's only one that is allowed to film, and yeah. two, uh, you you know, if you are a smaller media company, you can film on the field, but you can only have fifteen second clips. Yes. On t- See, to me, this is all public. This is all public information. So right. It's not yeah. like we're just shitting on them. Yeah. No. Exactly. Well. It, it, like there was, I, I, at least I don't think, besides the original NXL when that came out, um, there was any kind of media restrictions of of people being on the field. I, I could I could be the, wrong. I don't know. The but PSP, I don't. the PSP got in trouble because they were charging an obscene amount of money for videographers mm. to enter the field. I don't know what the media restrictions were for PBA. I hear that complaint now. Know, uh, it's probably similar. Um, I, I was actually just talking with uh, Tom Cole um, of the NXL at ICPL mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago, and which was know, fun. It was. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. I really wanted to play. Um, mm-hmm. It looked really fun. One of these days. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that was not fun about that was all the stupid stalemates that would happen because nobody wants to move. Nobody wants to move. Nobody wants to do anything. Everybody just wants to sit. And shoot every single pod, and just it was. There's so many. Stalemates. And that's why the that's why the schedule got off. Oh my because god! Because when you're making when you're making a schedule, you know you're especially with in X ball, right? Yeah. Like you generally know you have averages, um, and you have some teams that like kind of break break the break the math, mm-hmm. um, like te- teams that will do the pocket play, cross it up, and just wait. Um, and that 
will you'll go to the end of time. The problem that the ICPL got in was every, especially in the woods, right? You have 10 minutes. A lot of those matches were taking the full 10 minutes. So when right. you make a schedule, you're like, okay, on average, these matches should take, I don't know, seven minutes, eight minutes, whatever. So if everyone's going to the full 10 minute mark, all of a sudden your schedule starts slipping and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, full 10 minutes and then the full 10 minutes and then every team took its time getting on and off the field and then every every other game somebody had to argue about something so, so it just took it just took way way longer but nonetheless and, it was it was extremely fun though and well that's that's why like when i was an assistant director uh you know we had um the best example of this i was on a stupid stupid independent movie um, I'm not even going to tell you the, the title because it was awful. awful is it on awful. YouTube? No. It's nowhere because it was the awful. guy who wrote it was like kind of a racist and by kind of I mean he was. Oh, so like we had a lot of these scenes <laughs> that no one felt comfortable shooting. Oh he was God. like no it's humor it's humor. It's like no it's racist as fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um so that's why no one really talks about it. But anyway, hmm. uh, there was a scene we were shooting on top of a parking garage. And, you know, the sun is kind of necessary to expose footage. Uh, and we're shooting on film. So the sun is really important. Um, and, like, the sun's going down and we're losing light. And I'm talking to all the departments as the first assistant director. I was like, okay, uh, electric, where are we at? Uh the, the grips, have we set have we set this up? How long is it gonna take? I was talking to our director of photography. Have you set up the shot yet? Are you good to go? And there was uh, the cinematographer at the time kept arguing back and forth with me. And I'm like, listen, we have literally five minutes to shoot this thing um, because the sun is setting and that shadow line is approaching where we're gonna be shooting. Mm. So if you wanna listen to me, fine. If you don't, we're gonna lose it. Um, I'm like, that's the whole job of an assistant director. Like, shut the hell up. Now we got to go now. Mm -hmm. And I think like paintball kind of needs, especially some of these events, I think there needs to be somebody to make sure everything is running. Like, shut the hell up, get off the field, argue about it later. We have to, we have to turn over the field. We need to get going right now. Right. Um, you know, cause, and I think in theory there should be something, someone like that, but, um, you know, that's why schedules slip. But um, I think I think because... with that, sometimes it could be misconstrued as because obviously there are some bad calls that need to be that sure. need to be taken care of. And yes, you know, it, if they're always getting rushed off the field, it's going to be more of a hey, man, you have a fucking scheduling issue more than you have you know a people arguing issue. Because if you if you are making bad calls, but you're rushing people off because the next game's got to happen, it's like, but this is the game that's happening now. You know, so it's, it's like, it's such a tough, you know, kind of a there's tough There's no road. easy answer. No. You know, because um, I mean, there are some calls that are legitimately bad. Mm -hmm. um, or sometimes like rules get enforced um, by the book. Uh, I think, well, who was it? Um, last event, uh, Houston Heat versus PC Katana, I think. Mm -hmm. Um Basically, I, I think what happened in that point, um, there was, 
there was a there was a major or a minor in the last 60 seconds so it was a swing point um even though one i think uh houston heat was like down to one body it was like one v four or something and obviously it's a swing point and that's how the rules are written um and that's how it's enforced see man that's but, that, oh, that fucking pisses it, me it, off so much because it shouldn't have happened that way well you know one one ref goes you know one ref sees it as like okay it's four on one right so it's four on one so you have four guys that are shooting at one guy and mm-hmm. you know the scenario is that those four guys close in on the one guy the one guy gets shot the shit uh these four refs think that okay there's four guys shooting at him he's probably gonna get you know shot a lot but the one ref goes that's uh one paintball too many throws his fucking flag it's a swing point because you know he saw one one too many paintballs hit him and that and then that swings it to overtime and then yeah. the team loses or whatever and then see i, I, I don't know man that I, I understand the swing point thing but at the same time yeah. it's like Oh, it's mm. it's there so somebody doesn't do something crazy in the last like five seconds, uh, like gets shot in the face and keeps going. Um, so that's why the rules on the book. Right. I think like penalties in general in paintball don't make sense. I mean, the way that we employ them, um, because we have we throw flags on the play, which that works in football because there's a break in play. In paintball, there is no break. So the flag goes up, and then... Who sees that besides the crowd? Like, sometimes maybe the players see it, but most of the time the players that they're pulling, they don't see the fucking flag go up. They just hear a ref coming in and calling well, the them out for... Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've tried to... I've tried on multiple occasions to try and run a new fantasy... Uh, for paintball, that's not just pick them. Um, the problem that we keep running into is penalties because mm-hmm. a flag will go up, um, and we have no idea who it's on. Um, right. And you know we're trying to ascertain uh, who the penalties on from the webcast or from the commentators, but sometimes they don't even know. They have no idea. And I was like, that's a problem. If we're throwing penalties and we're pulling bodies and it's not getting announced and no one knows. Maybe the system doesn't work. Like, right. why do we even throw flags in the first place? Because that's how it's always been done. Mm-hmm. Has anyone, like, thought about... I mean, we've thought about it. Um, but, like, has anyone thought, like, are flags the best way to do penalties? I don't know. I mean, we've never played... Yeah. The industry has never played tested anything. So no, just I, I, think that's a, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, what, what does happen when, you know... Um, or, or how many teams or people are involved when there's a major change, when the when the W is introduced, when the new bunker set's introduced, when a new rule set is introduced, or a new format is introduced. It just fucking happens, I feel, in the offseason, if that. Yeah. Well, and I think a big part of this is um, it kind of goes back to how I said business doesn't work the same in this industry as it does everywhere else. Um, because business fundamentals don't matter. It matters. I don't want to say it's an old boys club, but it kind of is. Um, and there are, don't get me wrong. There are some amazing people that I've worked with, um, that I've talked with, that I've got, gotten to know, but I like, 
even when I was at the ICPL event, you know, mm-hmm. I had grown men, grown ass men giving me the stare down. Um, that have never talked to me that they don't know what I do or why I'm here, but you know, they act like children or your um, intentions on anything that we do. Yeah. Well, they, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I, I understand why people are apprehensive about an outsider coming into this industry. I get it. You know, there's been a lot of big promises in the past mm-hmm. that haven't panned out. Um, And like when we came into this, I had a plan of like, we're going to package the NPL as like, we're going to package a vertical from event to uh, event, to production, to uh, OTT, uh, to media, the whole nine. And then we can bring that to an investor network um, and actually bring on venture capitalists like esports is doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem is there are so many risk factors that I can't control, that you can't control, that we can't control. You know, we need to get we need to get teams to participate, uh, which is not just as simple as uh, I don't want to use anyone's like team name, right. but uh, like let's say Team A wants to play in the NPL, they can't because they need to go through their sponsor, which means like you know the sponsors can make a big difference. Are they going to support you or not? Um, we need to get paint at the event. Uh, there are multiple paint manufacturers in the U.S. Um, some of them play play nice. Some of them don't. Um, all of them want, not all of them, but some of them want exclusivity. Some of them don't. Mm-hmm. So it's not just as simple as I give you money, you give me paint and a transaction. There's a lot of baggage that goes along with that. Right. Um, and that's just like trying to get paint, which is kind of important for a paintball tournament. You can't really do it without it. Um, so, you know, not only do you need to get teams, you need to get the sponsors on board. You need to get um, the teams on board, players on board, the paint manufacturers on board, just everyone to be like, all right, fine, let's do it. Um, and it's, I, I can't, I can't bring it to an investor network. I can't. Because I'm going to get asked questions after showing them the deck, uh, I'm going to get asked questions and I won't be able to answer them. Um, because I can't say for certain that, you know, event number two will have a paint provider or, you know, so with that many risk factors, you can't bring on actual money from actual people who do this. Uh, because, you know, I would love to do it at some point in time, but you know, it's, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get past the personal drama. Um, and that's and kind of the wall really that we ran into with the NPL. Yeah. And I don't really have a problem saying that, because um, I've talked about it on my Facebook. You know, you you can you can go through Instagram, you can go through PB Nation, you can find the people who have been shitting on the idea, shitting on me, calling me a fraud, whatever. Um, it's a small subsection of people who unfortunately matter. Um, and like I said, you have you have adults who act like children who never matured past high school, and like somehow this and this industry always wants to get to the next level. Look internally, look at the way look at the way we're interfacing with the general public and the general population. Other sports don't do what we do. 
You know, like people can ask a customer service question on Facebook and like, instead of getting a actual answer, they get shit on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it's not just, I'm not just like looking at specific brands. This is rampant. Um, and like, people just don't know how to interact. And I've said like from the very beginning with the NPL in particular, what we need to do is be brand friendly. And that doesn't mean like sanitizing the sport. Um, because, you know, I, I think there needs to be more, uh, more drama, I guess, you know, mm. there needs to be more shit talk. Like we got from NYX versus, uh, aftermath, um, just higher quality shit talk, I think, uh, <laughs> Because it was interesting at first, but then the camera stayed on it for a little bit. And I would have sent all my cameras to that as well. Yeah. But like, come up with better insults, please. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, with with the NPL, it's not like we were trying or are trying to put the NXL out of business or push anybody out. I think that was the biggest thing is, you know, people thought we were trying to come in and just take over the world. And it's, it's not... We just wanted to build a new platform to, you know, produce the best paintball possible with, you know, the the most original moves, the most, um, you know, the most skilled players and the most uh, bringing the skill back to the player with the semi-auto and the four pods and this and that and less less bunkers on the field and, and really trying to bring it back to like old school paintball where it, old school paintball meets uh, new school pace. Um, you know what I mean? So it's, but, but the thing is the new school pace has, it's slowed down depending on what team you watch, you know? So that's necessarily all we are trying to do. And I, and I think this has happened how many times throughout paintball, paintball's lifespan. All we're trying to do is make a product, right? We're trying to make this product the best that we can. Uh, we don't have necessarily the same ideas that, the NXL or or anybody else who's tried uh, before they might be similar, but it's just like anybody else. You you have these different ideas and this different way that you want to go about things, and you try and get everybody on board. And in our case, mm-hmm. we could not get everybody on board. And we're not just talking about teams. We're talking about we're talking about companies. We're talking about um, you know paint companies, sponsorships, um, and until we have that kind of backing, yeah. making the production is not possible because we can't bring in. And, and that, that's all another thing is we were trying to bring, we wanted to bring advertising to the field, to the bunkers, to, um, to all that. That way we looked better on paper to outside investors to want to come in. I mean, that is essentially what we wanted to do is we, and, and I think that's the way we get paintball more public and more digestible is if the extreme sport, you know, the extreme sport kind of style of companies coming in wanting interest to be able to, you know, slap a Red Bull logo on something and and kind of get that going again. Because, you know, just because three years ago or four years ago or five years ago or or last year, this company said no on on sponsoring us. Number one, there's others than them. And two, Who's to say we can't try again? Try again. Go, go back to them and ask them again. Let's sell paintball to to whomever it is that it is a good that is an it's an an 
original, authentic, athletic sport that can be played from somebody from 10 years old to, you know, 90 years old or whatever and really try and get it out there. But I feel like we're always this, well, that didn't work, so we're moving on to the next thing. And we don't try and go back to this whole thing where it's like paintball for some reason has always been like a turnover every two years. Like something major has changed mm-hmm. like every two years, I feel like, like whether it be rule set, bunker set, whatever. And who's to say that yeah. that two years ago, four years ago didn't work. It was just, just wasn't in the right, you know, wasn't in the right column. It, it wasn't in the right, it wasn't pushed on this side or whatever. And I feel like, you know, with, and I, I brought this up before, like with the semi-auto and with the ramping and everything like that, you know, I think it's misconstrued that that semi-auto people will find ways of cheating, which I'm sure they will, but I don't think we, I don't think everybody went about it the right way. And I think we were going to. Yeah. And I think ramping gives us false sense of ability when it doesn't, when it doesn't take skill to shoot a ramping gun. Like, I don't care who you are. Beca- because anybody can do it, it's not a skill. And I think that's why a lot of people say, well, it's not a skill set to shoot semi-auto. Well, fuck off. You know, because you didn't shoot semi-auto or you couldn't do semi-auto, shoot semi-auto well, don't shit on it just because you can't do it. It's like jumping on a skateboard and not being able to do a, you know, a, a heel flip or something like that. The, the very first time you get on a board because you can't do it, you're going to you're going to say, well, you know, skateboarding sucks. Well, you know, what I, it's it's whatever. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. If that's good analogy or whatever but it's like it's just so frustrating because i feel like everybody gives up so easily on something and they don't try and reinforce it and make it better they would rather just move on to something totally different when it when it comes to sponsorships you know you have a fair number of people who like actually blame the libs and gun culture (laughs) and there are a hundred percent some brands that will not engage with paintball simply because we are using markers is it a lack of education though um I mean, yes and no. I, I think I think there are like some boards that just, you know, they see the gun. And frankly, I think we made a mistake. Because um, when I when I was coming up in the early 2000s, you know, we we made conscious effort, especially on the tournament side, to get away from guns. They were markers. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are like, well, that didn't work because I need to explain what a marker is. Of course you need to explain what a marker is. It looks like a gun, but you can't say it's a gun because... Gun's a harsh term, marker, and it it's just call yeah. it a marker. Just call yeah. it a marker. Yeah. Yeah. If you need to explain it when you're at the field doing the safety briefing, explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we're trying to get brands involved, the sport needs to kind of be a little brand safe. Um, and when it comes to like getting outside brands, this isn't this isn't like magic. It's simply getting the the number of impressions up. Right. Um, because that's how ad inventory is sold. It's not sold on like, oh, this is a cool sport. It's like, okay, sure, maybe, but who's going to care? Who's going to see my placement? Is it going to matter? And right now the answer is kind of no, it doesn't. You know, you have brands who are dipping their feet in, but they're staying with individual influencers because right. those people have a platform and that platform is being used. And I've gotten into arguments with people about like, our teams don't even have social media presence presences presence i they don't exist on the the presence some of the teams (laughs) right um 
And I'm, I've been told by like, again, high up people, while you're looking in the wrong place, you have to look at the, you have to look at the uh, individual player. It was like, it doesn't matter if Marcelo Margot or Ronnie Dizon or Ryan Greenspan exist on Instagram. You need to know that they play on a team first. And if the team doesn't have a presence, how are you going to know that Marcelo Margot has an amazing Instagram. How are you going to know that Rodney Dizon has a vlog if Houston Heat doesn't really have a presence online? And you know we're trying to keep we're trying to keep the circle just paintball. And everyone says like grow the sport, grow paintball, blah blah blah. But like in order for us to do so, we kind of need to market and advertise the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, and like uh, say these tournaments. Uh, NXL tournaments, for instance. NXL, Europe, the European circuit is streaming for free on Facebook, which I think is an amazing step in the right direction. Right. ICPL, streaming free. Um, I think streaming free is good because it gives us uh, base number metrics of what is possible. Um, like, for, for instance, the uh, Russian Legion nine-second point. Um, Die, I think it was Die Europe, or one of the die companies, um, they had a cell phone video, a cell phone video of the nine second point from the sideline. It was viewed like, I think 75, 80,000 times. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives us a upper bound. Again, cell phone video. Um, because it was available, it was cool, it was interesting. Right. And when it's behind a paywall, you know, we're not getting those numbers. And Ghost Wars doesn't make those numbers public. So no one really has any idea how big the audience, addressable audience for Paintball is, aside from making educated guesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so like these free streams, I think they are very good for the sport, but they are very hard to digest. Right. Um, especially for outsiders. And again, I've had people in higher positions um, in the sport say, well, you, the commentary doesn't need to be for outsiders because we're doing it for paintball. It's like, well, you can't just make it for paintball and then expect the sport to grow if no one understands what the hell's going on. You know, like, yeah, it, it requires a ground up rethink. Um, and to get outside sponsors, literally, it is all about impression counts. You're basically selling ad space as a CPM, same as an ad that you would get placed on YouTube. It's like a $2, $3 to $4 CPM, which is views per thousand. Um, so you figure out an impression number and then you sell ad inventory just like you sell it anywhere else. Um, but I don't think we have any, I don't think there is any salespeople in paintball who operate in that space in ad sales. You know? um, so again, if you're, if you're trying to interface with an actual business, um, and you're not speaking the same language, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, you know, you need to, you need to play the game. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've been on introductory business calls. Like I don't have a problem dropping to F bomb. I swear a lot. All, I swear too much probably, <laughs> but, uh, they say it's a, it's a mark of intelligence, but, uh, I've been on introductory business calls in the paintball world. And like people are dropping the F bomb left and right. I was like, hold on. This is a introductory business call. Like if that's how they're interfacing with me, how do you think they're interfacing with actual companies? And that scares me. Um, 
you know, because the sport keeps hiring internally and it's time to embrace experts uh, and to really try and make it move it to the next level. Because um, I think the sport is in the middle of determining its modern identity. Um, you know, you can see it in the pro division right now. Um, there is a huge divide between the top and the bottom. Um, you know, even, even on some of these teams, you have athletes who consider themselves legit athletes. They train like athletes. They, um, eat like athletes. They live, breathe and die paintball. Um, and are trying to make a living doing so. And on the same team, you can have people who are saying, well, I only play for glory. And if you're playing for money, you're in it for the wrong reason. Well, look at the pro division. Look at, look at the top teams versus the bottom teams. The top mm-hmm. guys are treating it as a sport and they're training as such. And like, sure, you might, paintball is a game where anyone can beat anyone. Um, as Bruno would always say, like, I could beat you once. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you can. But if you're having an organization that is training the way like Houston Heat or Edmonton Impact Russians. or the Russians, um, you know, those organizations, you know, you can't, you can't beat them. You might, you might, you might place well, but if you're just playing with the guys on uh, a Saturday or a Sunday or like practicing a layout beforehand, you're not going to win. It's not going to happen. And it's going to be tough in a format where it's timed and it's point based. And it, you know, if something like that, you know, if a team practices, weekend after weekend after weekend with each other and they're going to have a lot more repetitions than you are and when you're playing a format that is all about repetitions that's going to be tough to beat yeah. that team at unless you know like it was with with seven man seven man was nice because it was like you can go out there and, and whoever's better that game came out on top yeah. and no matter you know no matter if you're a top team or a bottom team or a middle middle team whoever came out on top that game mattered that game yeah so it's it's a tough go and you know even with you know just last year when i when i was playing it's it was the same thing man it was it was really tough to try and compete against those teams who have who play together constantly and um you know especially even the some teams don't even practice together (laughs) or can't or or it's too difficult especially in the off season or or early in the season or later in the season it's hard to get outside and, and have a good legitimate practice when you're when you're fighting the weather and yeah. and it's it's just it's tough and you know i hate to try and I mean, make excuses about it but it's like it's more reality i feel there's no oh, there's no excuse to be made i mean like if you look at the teams in the northeast um they don't perform as well in the first events because they can't get the practice in um you know there's a reason why california was a hotbed for paintball earlier on and texas is becoming that way too because everyone can play all year round you don't have to have an indoor field. Um, mm. An indoor is never as good as an outdoor field because it just echoes and you right. can't hear anything and you can barely see anything because the light's never good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I think like right now the sport needs to needs to figure out what it's going to be. Um, and if I like, I would love to be a part of that, and I'm trying. To. Yeah, same here. Um, honestly, you know, and. I think, you know, the teams, organizations, the companies need to all like figure out 
are we going to try making a concerted effort to push this thing forward again? Because at some point in time, you know, we're going to start losing talent on the top, which is could be good if there are people like in ready to go and ready to get replaced. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you can't play. You can't play into your 30s. Some people do, but like, that's hard. And what do you do after? Unless you are skilled in something else. So like, are we doing it as a glorified hobby? Or do we want to make a concerted effort to put this together as a sport again? Um, And I personally think like, things are getting ready, the pipeline's being built, we can make another effort to go into sports territory. you know, who knows what happens? Right. WSL went from being in a situation very similar to paintball, wherein, you know, a lot of these big surfers, they were barely making it. A, a handful were because they worked their ass off. Right. Um, and they were their own personal brands. Uh, they brought on a new CEO. They went very hard onto social um, in marketing efforts. Two years later, WSL was a $40 million company. Two years after that, their top athletes are making $20 million in endorsements a year. Four-year turnaround. Um, you know, I'm not saying that that could happen in paintball, but like the place that we're at right now, you know, I, I think a lot of people have to make a decision on where do we want to go from here? Because um, I think like the classic... Uh, the resurgency of the classic movement is great. My concern is that it is based in nostalgia mm-hmm. um, rather than building the pipeline. Um, I don't know. I don't have the numbers. Um, but, you know, when I was at ICC, a lot, or not ICC, when I was at ICPL, a lot of people were old players. So, yeah, they're coming back. Um, and the numbers are probably moving in the right direction but like are we going to continue the stagnation or are we going to do something about it because doing something about it is going to require a lot of people to say all right let's go Mm -hmm. let's try this again let's come together let's i've always said we're stronger together um and i've told tom cole this i've told the regional leagues this um my goal was never to push the nxl out because i don't know how to run a divisional event I know how to put I know how to put a package together for investors, for businesses, for brands that just happens to be a paintball event. Basically, the way I was considering it was like, okay, we're basically a film set that just happens to be a paintball tournament, and we can't control what happens after action. We just have to react. Right. Um, I know how to do that. I don't know how to put on a regional event. Um, and like, honestly, the people that NXL should be worried about is not us. It's the regional leagues, like WCPPL or um, uh, anything that's being run at Paintball Fit. Um, you know, those events are putting up big numbers on the divisional side, really mm-hmm. big numbers, impressive numbers. You know, and that's the thing you're getting you're getting innovation on the regional side, um, and that's not to say like the NXL is kind of stuck with the decisions that they can make because when they make a change, the rule book, it ripples throughout the world, literally throughout the world. Um, I think they're kind of a victim of their own success in a way. Um, I don't know. I, right. I just think I know, this I know industry what you mean, needs to really make a decision. Like, 
are are we going to be a glorified hobby or are we going to try and position ourselves to become a new sport and to get into the cultural lexicon more right. often than a couple of weekends? I don't yeah. know. So, so what can we expect from the NPL and from Stream PB and from from that whole kind of circle of, of product? What what can we expect within the next uh, you know the next few years? My my goal right now um, is to test our media package because you know we've done literally as much groundwork as we possibly can up to pre-visualization. You know, we know where cameras need to be. We know, we know the placement. We know every single segment in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, we've talked about it. We've had meetings about it. We've put packages together. What we need to do is test it. Um, and like the next step for the NPL is to get to our camera test. Um, which is not cheap to do. And I'm kind of at the point where like, I'm not investing my own money into this anymore. Right. Um, and it sucks to say, cause I put in a bunch of my own money, a bunch of my time and you know, all, all that we really got out of it was, uh, a couple shitty memes and like me getting called the next fire festival. Like I was scamming people. We've collected $0, you know, like, we actually, when we were going to launch this thing, we were going to do it as a Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. um, and I still think that might be a viable option uh, to test, to see like, hey, this is what we're talking about. If you want, if like people are interested, vote with your dollar. You know, if we hit our, if we hit our camera test money, great, cool, we're, we move on. If we don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not opposed to the Kickstarter. I just think like, you know, people are already calling us fraudulent. So like, what's yeah. going to happen if we do a Kickstarter? They're just going to run us through, through the mud all over again. Um, so like next step is really to start testing a show. And we're talking to some divisional series. We're talking to some international events, basically being like, Hey, this is what we can offer. Um, and see if people, you know, those negotiations are ongoing. Um, and I don't want to say like who we're working with or trying to work with, but, um, you know, the dream's not dead, um, for the NPL itself. I think we need to get to the camera test. We've gotten rid of a lot of the logistical overhead, uh, with the event. We are going to do revenue share. We're going to do all this stuff. No one cared, um, about revenue agreements. So, mm -hmm. If it doesn't, if it doesn't connect with the industry, then why do it? Um, so basically, I think we're looking at the NPL as a standalone event, um, where it's NPL one, NPL two, NPL three. Um, it'll probably be on a smaller scale. Um, I think you know, if we can get eight teams together to do it and put it in front of our media package, great, we'll do it. Um, and you know, because I think we need to try out some of these formats and see what works and see. What, see if we can come up with something fun. Right. Um, you know, and I, I think that's the goal now. It's not like to make a whole new series and a whole new circuit with a bunch of new franchise teams because the honestly, the only way franchises work is if we went back to OG NXL with a $100,000 buy-in per team. And frankly, that money doesn't exist. 
it's not there. Right. Um, and like, then you lock into eight teams or 16 teams, whatever it's, yeah, it's, it's money, but I don't think, I don't think paintball is ready for franchising. Um, especially with like, I mean, look at some of the jerseys behind you. There are so many sponsors yeah. on the jerseys. How could you get all those people to play ball? You know, it's not, not going to happen. Mm. Um, and those are so all I internal NPL, sponsors too. Yeah. Those are I all think the NPL will exist as a standalone. And I think you'll see our media team uh, out on a couple of fields that aren't NPL events. Because the, the NPL comp- parent company is National Paintball League Advanced Media. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally the same play that MLB did in 2000. They spun up a media and technology company. Um, they were like, we have this cool sport. We need to understand how the internet works. So let's build a tech company. Yeah. And now MLB AM became larger than MLB itself. It's now owned by Disney. It's called Bam Tech. Um, so, you know, that's the plan. You know, if we can't, if we can't interface with the industry as an event, then we'll do it as a media entity. Right. And we'll help whoever wants to be helped. You know, we, we just announced, um, we're working on putting together a social media training program and you know, there, we got flack for that too. Um, and I'm like, listen, we have experts in our team and in our network. And if we can help this sport in any way, we're going to do it. Um, Cause you know, I've had people like, I don't, I never wanted to inject myself into this thing. Um, I still feel weird about it. Um, you know, cause most of the companies that I run, no one knows who I am. Mm-hmm. And I like it that way. I write code. I write code. I put together teams. I make product. Some of it works. Some of it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and you know, so now we start. Now we start running this, and you know, there's a lot of stuff internally that we're working on. Um, we have noticed that when we talk about our hand, other people like to borrow ideas, which again isn't a bad thing. Uh, it's good because I have seen improvement in the industry, and I was I told Tom at Chicago, all I want is for this to be better right and if i don't get acknowledgement for it fine you know it's something that i enjoy i think you know i have a skill set that can be used here um and you know i'm trying to make it better that's really all i care about well i think we have i think we have an exciting product coming out too you know with the advancement of stream pb and you know building that up uh, with a few of the the apps and products that we have coming out that that we have been talking about and building up, um, so it's just I think it's just a matter of time because uh, like I said, you know, and, and we've said before, it's not like we're trying to out anybody or push anybody out. We're we're trying to build content and build the community and uh, bring everybody closer together and and make PayPal fun again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, like, you know, this is a very interesting industry wherein, like, you know, it's not young anymore, mm-hmm. but we're still in a nascent state. And frankly, like, a lot of people don't know paintball exists as a sport. That's the, that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I've, I've had many, many calls with 
not only brands, but um, with like individuals um, who are experts in their field or not even that, just even friends that I talk to. And it's like, so what do you do? I'm like, well, I do a lot of stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I also do this paintball thing. It's like, oh, like the birthday party? Uh, I mean, yeah, you play it at birthday parties, but there's actually a professional side of sport. To me, that's the biggest problem. That, that's the biggest downfall right now you know, for paintball is that do you know how many people do you know how many people out of all the people i've ever talked to that have known professional paintball is a thing none what one one and it was a it was a random girl who like her friend played for uh played in like local tournaments right so not quite zero but close enough and that was like at a random bar, somebody that I was like talking to. She was like, oh, yeah, my friend, my friend plays for like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, that is our problem, period. It's all marketing, it's all advertising. If no one knows we exist, do we exist outside of our little circle? And I would say no. You right, know? and, and I- you, again, this is another situation where you have people saying that, oh, everyone knows that paintball's a thing. No one fucking knows paintball is a thing. <laughs> No, and I and, I, and I, I've I've thought about this so much, and I think I believe I told you about this. Is I think that I I, I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily the NXL's responsibility to let people know that paintball uh, exists at the professional level. I don't think it's all the players' responsibility to let people know that paintball is you know at the professional level. I don't think it's all the field's responsibility to let people know that it exists at the professional level. I think it's all of the above. I think that there should be, the NXL should be producing posters for cheap so all these fields could have posters of professionals up, um, of posters of these events that happen, of this and that. Players should be able to uh, go to these places and be able to uh, explain it and and, and be a... uh, you know, be a, uh, a spokesman for the NXL, but more for, for professional paintball or paint the, the league in general. And I, and I think they all need to work together. The players, the fields, the NXL, they're all, or whatever organization that you're fucking working for, but mostly probably the NXL because it's the highest, you know, they're, they're, that's the peak, right? So that triangle needs to work together in the marketing area. And I feel like until that happens... We are going to continually receive uh, tilted heads and questions about the authenticity of our sport. And we are going to continue to see in movies and in, in this and in that of the rec style of paintball. The, the, the fucking, the, the very beginning of what you go and do paintball as exists today. It has not evolved. It goes from that to like either either scenario ball or tournament ball but that basis has always been there but that is all the state that's the only stage that people know and that and that is a fundamental problem to me i mean when it comes down to and this is something else that upset me because you know you have a lot you have more people say like it's not us to hashtag grow the sport like you said, it is literally every single person's job. If you're just a normal player, bring friends out, talk about it. 
if you're a company, actually have a social media profile, for God's sakes. Mm -hmm. Use Instagram, use Facebook, use Twitter. Use these platforms that exist. Every other company on earth is doing it. We're not. And okay, sometimes some of these companies do, but like the teams definitely don't have a presence because I already did a social media audit. Most of the teams in the US don't pub don't publish anything. Most of the teams in Europe don't even exist. Mm -hmm. You need to get that shit online. You know, and the thing it's it's just it's literally every single person, every single stakeholder's job to hashtag grow the sport. And, you know, there's a lot of assholes too out there. And a lot of assholes run some of these companies. I'm not like, again, this isn't shitting on the big guys. Right. Even some of the small guys are dicks on the internet. Mm -hmm. And like every, there's been so many times this year alone, so many times we're like, if we had an ad buy with a big company, they would have canceled it based on how some of our public faces interact on the internet. It's a problem. It is literally a problem. You know, like, it need, again, we need a ground up rethink of how we position the sport and how we interact. Mm -hmm. And it's, like I said, it's everyone's job. Um, and if you're just a if you're just a person who plays, because I know I I know you have a pretty big audience. Um, if you're just a person who goes to the field, bring a friend one day, try and get someone interested. Or like if you're playing in a tournament and there's uh, like photos and stuff, share it. Um, yeah. Or if you're if a you're, field, if you're, an if you're a field, talk to the NXL. Uh, you know, try and there's get so some many posters that don't exist on. Social well, media on, on social like, media, well, we're overworked. We don't have a lot of money. It doesn't matter. Take a photo of your field. Put it on Instagram. It doesn't well, cost you anything. It takes two seconds. Well, that, that, and then also, I, I feel just the, almost like going back to the whole word of mouth thing, like you know, going to a field. Everybody has to go to a paintball field physically, and to mm -hmm. play. Right, so they're gonna have that experience of standing at the counter, getting your rental equipment, being in the staging area, this and that. But what if what if the NXL could work with the fields and and work something out where they could provide these posters and these pictures and this and flood the staging areas of these fields with with professional players and teams and this and and show show the introductory player that there is a a beyond from this from this introductor you know introduction to the sport there is a beyond beyond this show the parents yeah. show everybody getting involved that there is something else beyond this and i feel like those questions will be answered those questions will be answered at the very start you know what i mean yeah. because once those people go there and they go oh shit oh there there's a there's a san diego dynasty that's a are those professional teams or this and that and then that has already answered the question there, and now somebody with I have a path. they have a path, and and anybody anybody out there with a um, competitive nature or anything like that, nothing is fucking stopping. You know, everybody was like, well, you know, this kid goes out here and he gets he gets intimidated by this and by that, and then if he gets shot, you know, that sucks, and and that's what we got to steer away from. Yeah. We don't want to fuck anybody up. Like, don't do that. That's bad. But you don't have anybody who fucking quit when they got shot too much or they got intimidated who plays at the top level right now. 
So that's that doesn't fucking exist. Those people quit because they can't handle the they can't handle the shit. The same thing who the the the, the person who can't hit a fastball or the kid who can't hit a fastball doesn't play in the M, the MLB. The the kid who can't make a 3 or or whatever doesn't play in the NBA. The guy who can't take a hit in the NFL doesn't play in the NFL or you know you know what I'm talking about. So it's like those people get weeded out and the competitive natured people move on. So I'm just saying let's 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 try and close that gap and like answer those questions early. And I think that will well, help the transition of players coming into the professional or into the tournament and side. And that's why you have the pipeline. And the only person I've right. heard talk about the pipeline is um, Montressor from ICC mm-hmm. because it is, it is okay that paintball has genres. Right. Magfed yeah. is not my thing. Milsim is not my thing. I don't like it. I like playing airball. And I don't think we should mix it. No. Well, and and I think that's another problem that the sport has. We keep trying to get the format that will make everybody happy, which means nobody's happy. Right. You know, you still need the professional division to be keep them separated. Athletic that needs to be fast, that needs to like you need to have skills to do it. Mm-hmm. Um but you also can't ignore the recreational side. You can't ignore the wood side because, you know, if, if I'm, I never had a path to pro, there was no pro, uh, there was no pro teams near me. I could have, I never would have made it mm-hmm. um, unless I did some crazy travel like you did or like most of the pros did, which I wasn't going to do because I had my fair share of problems and had more problems than I cared to admit in high school. But uh, yeah. You know, like, but I still have a place. I'm not pro, but I can, like, not die right away in a local tournament. I can go out recreationally and have fun. Mm-hmm. And genres are okay. And yeah. I, I keep, and that I caution so many people about it because we're trying to make this professional sport into something that, like, um, when when your kid when your kid gets to the age that, he could shoot a marker like to the point where he could jump on a tournament and have fun. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't help anybody. Right. Because now we have a format that the pros don't like to make it easier for, uh, you know, we got to go back to like the beginner tournaments, the, and get people into the pipeline. If they don't, if they don't like airball, fine. It's cool. Yeah. Have them go to the woods. Have them go to one of the classic events because now that pipeline's getting built up. And they can do that. Mm-hmm. And like we found out at, at uh, ICPL that, you know, these guys who are coming back who are older, they haven't played in a long time, they can still kick ass in the woods. In that format, yeah. And that's good. And that's good. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we need to have the athletic side be athletic. We need right. to have the recreational side be fun. You know, and like we have real life video games. And I don't understand till this day I don't understand how we haven't bridged that divide or even attempted to bridge that divide. You know, like there have been so many videos from like Dude Perfect or um, there was even one at uh, Hollywood Sports that Bear put together or not Bear. I don't even know if he had anything to do with it. I don't know what he does. Mm-hmm. But, um, Neither do I. you know, there was an Airsoft thing at Hollywood Sports, Airsoft. And you know how, and you know what they do in the airsoft stuff. Even Do Perfect did it. There was another YouTube influence that did it. It was all sponsored content. Airsoft. Um, 
by like pub yeah it, it hurts a lot uh, like a lot more than i ever thought it would <laughs> no i don't even i don't even want to try i don't even want to try because i i have this like i don't know i have a i have a weird thing with airsoft i just feel like it's 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 well, I like I don't like actual guns. That's not my thing. I and mean, they I don't I don't want stuff to look like that. But Well, that and I feel like you it's too easy to not be honest in airsoft. Oh yeah. So, you um, know what these you know what all these videos do with airsoft? Again, all sponsor content from like PUBG Mobile or whatever. They use balloons. Like the the Mario Kart balloons. Mhm. So you shoot the balloon until it pops so they know you got hit. Guess what paintball does when it hits you? Leaves gigantic fucking paint splatter. Right. Like, and, and anytime I see like to... – anytime I see these airsoft kids, it's always pictures of them like posing with their goggles. And they just have – they're just always posing and taking pictures on themselves. I'm like, this is, this is so fucking stupid. Just, this, it's not – it... do like a Counter-Strike map. Or do like a PUBG thing because you know we have MagFed, we have like the shitty spiders that still exist. Tip ninety, you can start people on a tip ninety eight, or and you can like find a MagFed, whatever. You can eventually find like a Lux or a CS two, you know, like use video games to our advantage. Yeah. And I can't believe, I can't believe that we haven't done that yet. You know, all these companies, they do have money. Not right. as much money as they used to have, right. uh, because there's you know there's a bunch of reasons for that. I mean, paint sales are up, but equipment sales are not because there's incremental change. You don't need to upgrade every year. Mm-hmm. But like, if you want to get random ass people out onto the field, you do that by making it look fun, and you do that by by having a format that makes sense to all the people like. We keep saying that Twitch is this random thing that's going to change everything. It won't. It doesn't make one iota of difference because our format doesn't make any goddamn sense and we don't explain it. And like, yes, I can watch uh, StarCraft, which is extraordinarily complex. Try and watch a StarCraft thing. No. Like, <laughs> or exactly. I mean, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. But like, if you can explain StarCraft... To random ass people and the commentators do it we can probably figure out a way to explain paintball mm-hmm. so like just by virtue of it being on twitch doesn't mean we're going to change everything we need to have it be accessible and like the stuff that we're you want it to be accessible literally go out to like there's a nuketown field i think somewhere or go out to hollywood sports or go out to like build a field get people to play a video game format in paintball use the same rule set literally have it be like team elimination plant the bomb whatever you want you want to get people to convert new people to convert it's not going to happen on tournament side it's going to happen on the recreational side and you do that by connecting with things people already understand yeah but no I, I think i'm split done. i think i'm split on that though because i feel like the competitive guys who want to play the sports and who are accustomed to like or you know, the the kids who are accustomed to like the sporting side, like obviously a lot of them play video games, but the guys who play and the kids who play the sports who want to play the sports side of it will kind of wander to that side, and the ones who want to go play the video game style will wander to that side, and that's why we have an NXL and big game scenario stuff, 
I mean, it just is what it is. Well, that's why hashtag grow the sport is so complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, Hashtag for the sport. Yeah. Because like, yeah, you're going to get random people to watch tournament paintball and they're going to get excited about it. If we showcase it right. Right. Um, Like there's going to be people who will never be able to play at a competitive level that will enjoy watching. Mm -hmm. Um, But then if we want to grow the player base, you probably do it by connecting with esports, and you're probably going to have more people come into the base that way than you will on the tournament side. Right. Um, I don't know. You know, it's one of these, it's one of these things. that's like, there is a Bible that's already been written. Every other sports already done it. We sure we have our own little problems, but like all we need to do is follow, follow the guides that every other sport has done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm, I'm increasingly frustrated. I'm, I am not at the point where I'm going to walk away cause you know, this matters to me still. Right. But there's a reason why outside investment hasn't come in because it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and again, none of this stuff is rocket science. It's not, you know, and I'm not discounting like, sure, we try and grow, we try and grow the sport by having like 2v2, 3v3 events. Uh, we got a motorcycle. Um, you know, I'm like, just use sponsored content on YouTube. Like, make something that looks fun. Yeah. And have a video that gets viewed. Like, I mean, you can't just poof a viral video into existence, but you can certainly figure out ways around it. You know, I, I just, this is an incredible sport. It truly is. Because, like, the marker is a great equalizer. You know, you can have men and women on the same team and they can both kick ass. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and we don't have enough women in the sport. No. Um, and I also kind of don't really blame them uh, because men are pretty awful, especially in the paintball industry. Um, we need more. Yeah, we need like, more in the sport and we need some at the pro level, like legit playing at the pro level. Uh, give, uh, uh, what's her name? Jesse. Give her, give her, give her time. Mayalo, mm-hmm. Jesse M, whatever. She's on like Revo three now. Um, we'll see her on the pro field. Yeah, I think um, I think just across the board. I think just I think more women are getting involved, and I think it's well, it's because yeah, that's the that needs to happen. The marker is a great equalizer. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be athletic. You don't have to like throw yourself into the ground. You know, you can you can play back. You can play it too. Um, and like fathers and sons can play like it's, it's a really incredible sport. Yeah. Um, and like, even on the pro side, no matter what, no matter what you do, you look badass doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, and there, I, I, I've talked to you about personalization before and we've lost personalization, which I think is a problem. Um, because you know, when you were playing on excessive back in the day, everyone had their own personal style. We don't have that anymore. Um, which I think like this, the personal style is important because you know, like everyone you're wearing masks, you have to differentiate yourself somehow. Right. Um, but like you're sliding, diving, um, you just look awesome no matter what, or did we just don't shoot it right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, none of this is an easy solve. Right. We're just trying. We're just easy, trying to. 
yeah, we're just trying a different way and a different way to go about it. So, um, we're having more and more people start talking about this stuff, which is important. Not just not just your podcast, but you know, there's been pros that have talked about it before. You have um, over the top podcast with mm -hmm. uh, J Rab and Nick, and they've talked about like how can we make this better. Um, so you the, know, the discussions are being had. Yeah, they're being had, and they're being had by influential teams. Right. So it's one thing for like impact and heat to be like, okay, well, the format that we have now doesn't really work. It's another thing for like some random person to be like, our format sucks. Yeah. So like, I think that we're moving in the right direction, but like, this isn't <sighs> us doing better. Not just like us as in the NPL, you and I, me, but like us, the sport. If we do better, the pie gets bigger for everybody. And that means more money. That means more investment. That means more everything. Right. Growing is a good thing. Like the status quo sucks. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people are just afraid. They're afraid that if they fuck it up, that's going to be it. And paintball will go away. But I think the numbers are good. You know, we're increasing year over year. Um, depending on how you look at it with the NXL, like, yes, it's year over year growth. But it's not, it's not the growth you probably want. Right. Um, but like the regional leagues are doing better. Regionally, you're doing better. So a lot of things are going in the right direction and it's good. We just need to like work together. And I think we need to start bringing in experts. That's really what it comes down to. You have to bring in actual people who work in marketing, advertising, uh, public relations, um, and film and tech. You need to bring those people in now because that's what everyone else did. And that's yeah. how everyone else figured this shit out. Yeah. Because paintball people are good at playing paintball. And, you know, that's doesn't really help. <laughs> All right, Matt, well, I, I appreciate it, man. I really do. And I think we've, we've covered a lot of really great topics. And I think it's something that that needs to be discussed and continually needs to be discussed. And I, I think, um, you know, hopefully people listen and they, they take what we have said, you know, with a grain of salt. And really just with what we're trying to do is really just make the sport better and uh and yeah and, and and just help it grow and 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 do it for the sport so is it where can people get a hold of you if they have any more questions or they want to get involved how can they uh, how can they get a hold of you so i am on instagram <laughs> but it's my last name which is which is long uh, but I'm on Instagram at Waikitis, W-A-T-K-A-J-T-Y-S. I try and like talk to people there um, as much as I can. I'm on Facebook, but like I hate Facebook. Right. Um, Instagram is the best place. Um, of course, like we're on NPLPB. We haven't really posted there in a while because we're still trying to figure out how to interface with this industry. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm available, and like I said, I'm a web developer. I'm a tech consultant. Um, so if you need a website or something, I can help you out, whether you're in the paintball industry or not. Um, but yeah, man, it's a, uh, it's a pleasure to finally be on TPOP podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm glad to have, I'm, I'm back, you know, doing it again and everything and trying to get the ball rolling. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate, and I'm very grateful that, uh, to have you on and discuss a few things that, uh, yeah. we've been to talk about. So yeah, it's great, man. Thank yeah. you so much. All right, dude. I will talk to you when I talk to you. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Later, bud. Peace.
thank you, Matt, so much for sitting down and chatting with me. It was great, man. I'm, I'm glad we were able to finally do this and kind of lay out our ideas and our plans uh, on, you know, out for the public to to kind of pick at and ch- you know pick and choose what they want to, you know, what they want to take with. So, uh, but but thank you, man. Appreciate it. And here's to hopefully uh, hopefully succeeding with this whole thing and, and and getting it going so thank you and thank you to charm city paintball guys please head over there on his facebook and instagram and check out what he has his new uh his new material is amazing check him out he has been getting nothing but great feedback and it's all hand-sewn uh quality stuff straight from mike over there and he is just one of the nicest guys and uh one of the best products uh, for headgear that I have seen in a long, 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 long time, and uh, and that's what he wants. Uh, it's pretty much built for paintball players by a paintball player. So um, Mike does a great job, and you know I stand by him, man. I stand by his product, and I think it's great stuff. And uh, it's great. The fabric is amazing. The quality is amazing, and uh, and I promise you guys will not be let down uh, if you go with him. So thank you, Mike, over at Charm City. And thank you to you, all everybody out there listening to the podcast. You are keeping me going. Uh, I know I've been pretty busy lately. Uh, two kids, one that's four months and one that's three years old, will keep you busy. And um, and there's a lot of things that were just kind of, you know, kind of uh, needed my attention. And I know I said that before, but it's man, it's been a you know a crazy trip. For, you know, parenthood and, and fatherhood is uh, is crazy, but. Um, what I, I want to keep continuing doing this. Uh, I want these to be more frequent, obviously. Um, so I'm going to do my best to be able to get these out to you guys. And, uh, and yeah, I hope you guys keep listening. I appreciate you guys listening. And please do not text and drive. Listen to podcasts. Keep your eyes on the road. Um, yeah, I appreciate you all. Take care. And we will see you guys here again soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.